more nervous in this room than anywhere else. It's on your radio right now. Do you know how to pop that coochie for a good There you go. It's the world's most dangerous one to show. Got the cameras on I did. didn't say nothing. I did. Well, you you can't hear me? Can y'all hear me? Nope. Well, I mean, I can hear you now. now. Yeah, Clearly, I said good morning, USA. Oh, the mic is on. God damn it. Now let's start over. Start from the top. He tried to blame everybody else. Now it was on. Drama, <laughs> you on me, right? Nope. Good morning, USA. Yo 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 Good morning, Angela Yee. Good morning, DJ NV. Charlemagne the God. Peace to the planet. It's Monday. Yes. Yeah, I was on. Dramas, did you hear me? Very weird. Not in here. No, you didn't hear me either. Okay, all right. Well, good morning, guys. How, how are you feeling? How was your weekend, everybody? Maybe you uh, weekend was good. Mm-hmm. Maybe. Yeah, I said, how but was yeah, the weekend? Week, the weekend was good. I tried to go outside for a walk, as I've been doing, but it was so many people outside, not social distancing, no mask on. I was like, mm, I'm going to just stay home. Yeah, here I went on the right East Coast. Home. Weather was beautiful. We had about a uh, 75 on Friday, 77 on Friday, and then on uh, Saturday was like 75, and then Sunday was like 70. Weather was beautiful. We stayed in the backyard the whole time. I opened up the pool so the kids were in the pool the whole time. We barbecued and grilled. Um, just had a great weekend. The kids really, really enjoyed it. It, it was something different for them because, you know, usually they're stuck in the house or just running around outside, but they were able to get in the pool. We had a great time. So a lot, a lot of fun over the weekend, man. That's what I did. I enjoyed outside all weekend, man. You know how, well, oh, oh, I'm from the South. I'm from, I'm from South Carolina. So, you know, you, you, we used to sit on the porch all day long. Like your grandmother would find so much uh, joy and comfort and just sitting on the porch all day, just sitting yep, outside. Yep, yep. That That is where I'm at in my life, ladies and gentlemen. I like to just sit outside. I can sit on the deck. I can sit, you know. I, I just, I can just, I can sit on the porch. I can sit outside literally all day long and do nothing. Yes. And absolutely enjoy it. Yeah, I did. I definitely had a great week and enjoy being outside. And then there was a lot going on, all right? Now the versus battle. Nelly versus Ludacris was a Saturday night. Very entertaining. Mm-hmm. Um, Yeah, it was entertaining. It I was mean, entertaining. I, 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 what, I, what I expected to happen happened, though. I mean, I didn't think that Nelly could keep up with Luda mm-hmm. in, in, in any way, shape, or form. Yeah. You know, because you know what it comes, you know what it comes down to. It comes down to Nelly having a big, big, huge commercial uh, success, records, right? And records, yeah. But 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 Luda has uh, a lot of more uh, cultural records. His his, catalog, yeah. his cultural catalog is is bigger than Nelly. Yeah, and Nelly didn't yeah. even play my joint. Nelly ain't even played number one. How you ain't played number one? No, Nelly he didn't play number one. He number definitely one played number record. one. Yeah, it was a good battle. It was entertaining, you know. There was a storm in St. Louis, so Nelly couldn't get his Wi-Fi together at first. And then when he finally got it together, it was still a little crazy. But it was it was still a, a great battle. I, I enjoyed it. And then Sunday night, 
the finale of The Last Dance with Michael Jordan. Wow. Mm-hmm. That was great last Epi- night. Episodes 9 it and was, 10. man. I, I really watched that. I, I watched that uh, Last Dance, and when it was over, I said to myself, I understand every single, you know, hysteria that surrounded Michael Jordan's sneakers. From the long lines oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. to the high price tags, mm-hmm. you know, people people did a bit much when they was killing each other for him. Right. But if you rob somebody for a pair of Jordans ever in your life, I can understand why. He, why? He 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 because he, he caused that much hysteria. Like he you did. know, you, you think about it. You think when you people see their favorite celebrity, they break down crying sometime, or they they pass out, or they say something stupid, or they do something stupid. I can see somebody pulling out a gun when they see somebody with a pair of Jordans on and saying, "No, oh, let me let me get those." Yeah. Just because that's the kind of hysteria that he caused. And, you you know, when you live it in real time and you watch it, you're like, damn. But it's another thing when you go back and watch it in hindsight, you really, really get yeah. it and understand it. Yeah. I mean, I know a lot of us are Michael Jordan fans. I mean, just to see that the flu game wasn't really a flu game, was really a food poisoning game with something else, too. I was like, that's crazy. I've been hearing that for years, though. I mean, after years, about the five guys who came to his room yeah. and um, gave him a pizza, and then he he felt like he got poisoned. What's crazy is those same five guys, the reason they never got caught is because they got out of the pizza business and opened up a burger franchise. Oh, shut up, man. And I was I was wondering why they I wonder if they went back to the to the pizza shop to see if it was poison if they if they were questioning or anything you know so many questions they probably but, ain't had time then they say they say that's still a lie too well I don't know if that's a lie but people still say oh no he was out drinking in Utah the night before I'm like where is there to go get I mean I'm sure there's plenty of places to go get drunk in Utah but would yeah. you want to nah Jordan seemed like he was too focused for that all right well let's get the show cracking front page news what we talking about. Yes, we are going to be talking about a man who won $10 million in North Carolina. Let's find him. All right, we'll get into that next. Keep it locked. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. Club, let's get in some front page news. Where are we starting, ye? Well, Kevin Love from the Cleveland Cavaliers is back at work, and he's talking about training at the team facility in Ohio. Here's what he had to say. One guy to a basket. We have four main baskets, and everybody's in mass and gloves. The players are the only people not shooting with the gloves on. So it's just the, uh, it's the coaching staff. It's the training staff. It's anybody else, you know, that's in the arena, but we are like constantly making sure that we're disinfecting, constantly washing our hands and just like continuing to, to distance each other in, in the right way. So we're taking all the necessary precautions. There. The NBA yes, is definitely Kevin. coming back. Yeah. Kevin Love is one of the players who is really hoping that the NBA season resumes this year. So we'll see what happens. All right, and rest in peace. I saw a commercial for it during the last dance last night. That's when I I, I was like, okay, yeah, the NBA is coming back. Like, they ran a commercial for the NBA last night. All right, rest in peace to actor Fred Willard. He died at the age of 86. He was a veteran comedic actor, and his daughter told TMZ, my father passed away very peacefully last night at the fantastic age of 86 years old. He kept moving, working, and making us happy until the very end. So he was on a lot of different comedy shows back in the 90s, Sister, Sister, Roseanne, Access America, The Simpsons. He starred on The Weird Al Show, Maybe It's Me. A lot of people know him as the news director in the Anchorman films. He also played in a lot of cult comedies over the years, like um, Harold and Kumar Go to White Castle, Date mm-hmm. Movie, Epic Movie, so on and so forth. He was on Modern Family, Ali McBill, Family Guy, King of the Hill, Mad About You. And most recently, his final role is in Space Force. It's a new sitcom from the Office creator Greg Daniels that will premiere on Netflix May 29th. 
Okay. Rest in peace to him. I don't know who that is, but rest in peace to him. You'll know it if you see his face. You'll definitely know who he is. And in North Carolina, a man won $10 million on a lotto ticket. It was the largest scratch-off prize in the state. Mm-hmm. He bought a scratch-off lottery ticket. He was on the way home from work. His name is Wade Harmon. He stopped by a truck stop to uh, just try his luck. And he said he went home, fired up the grill. He said, I might as well scratch my ticket. And then he looked down and said, whoa. Wow. And so that is that $10 million prize. So he chose to take that lump sum and after taxes and everything, it ends up being $4.2 million. Well, congratulations to him, man. Absolutely. That's a blessing, especially at a time like this, right? Yeah, I was surprised that he still, well, he did a scratch off, right? Yeah, it was a scratch off. Okay, because there's a lot still going on. Because, you know, you want people to stay inside and and to have the lotto. People can go outside and play the lotto. I I was just... I mean, if the gas station's open, yeah. If the the gas station's open, the lottery definitely still going to be going on. Yeah, there were only four $10 million top prizes. Three of them have been claimed so far. So somebody else got that last one. Okay. All right. Well, that is your front page news. Get it off your chest. 800-585-1051. If you need to vent, hit us up right now. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. The Breakfast Club. Wake up, wake up. Wake your ass this is your time to get it off your chest. Whether you're mad or blessed, we want to hear from you on The Breakfast Club. Hello, who's this? Hey, DJ Envy. Hey, who's this? This is the Yoni lady. Hey, good morning, mama. Good morning. I'm coming out of Savannah, Georgia, and I just want to get off my chest that um, I hope they don't keep going back and forth with this shutdown stuff because us small business owners can't take it. And people like mm-hmm. myself who have been doing right the entire time, I stayed in, I don't have my nails done, I'm told done or anything, and I just relocated to a bigger building. So I'm ready to open and ready to, like, start making money. I still haven't opened yet, but, like, I feel like if they keep doing this, like, they're going to kill all the small business owners. What and state are you in? I'm in Georgia. Okay. Did you get any PPP? Did you get any of the, uh, the the stimulus packages they put out there for small businesses? Well, I did apply, and I um, two people around me have gotten there, so it kind of gave me hope that, you know, it is possible that I could get it, but I haven't gotten it yet. But uh, mm. fingers crossed, I hope I do get it. And you know, I hope you do, too. Website, yeah, and, like, my website did really good, you know, during the pandemic, mm-hmm. but... It's like I'm a service person too, so that's really how you know I make my bread and my butter. And I'm like full, full thread, full thread, you know, entrepreneur, small business owner. So I'm like, what do you sell? I'm the Yoni lady. I do Yoni steams, the vaginal detoxes. Wax ah, okay. Steams, Remember, she called. She yeah. called a couple times. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, you need, well, shout out your website, baby. Take advantage of this promo. Shout out your website. <laughs> YoniSpaRoom.com for all your uh, natural products and it's 50% off due to um, COVID-19 so just use code YummyYoni it's at the top so YoniSpaRoom.com on all social medias as well so yeah take care of your vagina right now exactly because y'all get them doing a lot of extracurriculum activity in the bedroom right now <laughs> that's right there you go take care. take care of that hairy vagina you ain't had a wax in a long time oh, your hair probably look like my head <laughs> Thank you guys so much. <laughs> Have a good one. Get it off your chest. 800-585-1051. If you need to vent, hit us up now. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. The Breakfast Club. This is your time to get it off your chest, whether you're mad or blessed. So you better have the same energy. We want to hear from you on The Breakfast Club. 
Hello? Who's this? Yo, Envy, what's going on, bro? It's Mello. Mello, what up, bro? Mello. Yo, I I was listening on Friday, and I heard somebody call me a scammer. So uh, I think that was Sean Stone that called that. you a scammer. I believe it was. Exactly, but we're going to sit there and act like the only scam that was ever pulled on this radio station was you playing his music. That was a horrible diss track. Stop it. That wasn't a scam, though. Yeah, that wasn't a nobody, scam. Nobody, nobody got finessed. That was a scam. That was just a bad... It was good. And it was a scam well, because remember when y'all had everybody call in and vote? He only had one vote, but he pretended he was somebody else? That is a fact. That, that, was, that, that was a scam, yes. That was a scam. Sitting there trying to call me a scammer. Other than that, how you guys doing, though? We're doing pretty good, Melo. What's up? How, how you holding it down during this quarantine, brother? You know, like I said, just working on the craft. I'm not going to tell you what the craft is. I'm not going to sit there and say who's scamming. I'm not scamming. I'm not, like I said, just keeping it that way. Melo, it don't take that long for dope to cook up, okay? You've been cooking that dope all weekend now. I'm cooking dope. Why, why do you have to assume that? Maybe I'm working on something that I can't reveal yet. True, true, true. Okay. Yes. Exactly. Secret. Well, I'm proud of you, Mello, whatever it is. No, I'm not. Right, Mello. Take that back. It's not illegal. Trust me. All right? As long okay. as it's not illegal, Mello. Hello, who's this? Yo, what up? It's Money. Money, what up? Get it off your chest. Um, yeah, man, with the uh, Democrats and the Republicans, you know, they both thirsty leeches. You got one that'll suck your flesh and your blood, and then you got the Democrats, somebody that'll suck your soul. So it depends on which one they want to go for. You know, even with Biden and the sexual allegations, all politicians did it. Whether it's Arnold Schwarzenegger, Clinton, I wouldn't be surprised if Obama got its own sexual allegations. And I know Charlemagne say all black men don't cheat, and we got to remember Obama ain't all black. But I say he got some mixed blood in him. And this then, is a terrible theory this morning. That's a terrible gen- that's a terrible generalization that you just put on everybody, sir. This is and, awful. And like then, what? I'm confused. Protest matter. You had protests for police brutality, which does matter. And then you had protests for war, which does matter. But this protest towards COVID-19 matters because you have a bunch of white folks that don't get their face covered. And it's been the fifth weekend and they ain't got sick. So we all see that. So oh even though keep them How do you know covered, who's sick and who's I not can't, sick? I can't. Yeah, you have a great morning, bro. Get it off your chest, 800-585-1051. If you need to vent, you can hit us up at any time. Nayib, we got rumors on the way? Yes, let's talk about some of these versus battles. We'll talk about Nelly and Luda, and then we'll also discuss some potential up-and-coming ones. All right, we'll get into that next. Keep it locked. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. The Breakfast Club. It's about time. What's going on? This is the Rumor Report with Angela Yee on The Breakfast Club. So it was another versus battle over the weekend, Nelly versus Luda, and there were some technical difficulties on Nelly's end. So there was some stalling and some issues. I saw Teddy Riley was in the comments LOLing about it. And I think unanimously a lot of people would say that Ludacris won this battle. But a lot yeah, of things um- happen. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, the difference between Nelly and Luda is Nelly doesn't have those big cultural records like Luda. He got big commercial records, and culture will usually prevail against commercial. Nelly, Nelly got big cultural records. I just think Ludacris has more of them. Nelly, Nelly got like three. Tip Drill, Air Forces. Uh, I think number one, which he didn't play. But, I mean, yeah, after that, it's all big commercial joints. Not nah, Country Grandma for Nelly. I don't think Country well, Grandma's a cultural the, record. One of the so. best Even though it is one, about... 
One of the best things about the battle is learning things that you never learned before. So people were excited to find out about Nelly originally on Moneymaker. That'd have been dope. Mm-hmm. And then another thing that uh, Luda actually did during these technical difficulties was he previewed some new music. One song people was talking about is called Silence of the Lambs featuring Lil Wayne. The world's crude if they just pouring drinks like Bill Huxtable. I love R. Kelly, but around my daughters, I'm not comfortable. Stand for what you believe in, like Kaepernick. You either in control or you getting of no abstinence. It's not enough blacks in the driver's seat like a NASCAR. Because most racist people still drinking what's at Roseanne's bar. Gandhi told me to be the change that I want to see. Yeah, I don't even understand why people were mad at him for that. Like, why are they mad at him for taking chances on a record? Like, like he's clearly naming people that have been deemed problematic in the Absolutely. R. Kelly line. He's, he's stating the way a lot of people feel about yeah. R. Kelly. They still like his art, but it makes them feel uncomfortable. All of them are like that, though. Everybody he named, R. Kelly, Bill Cosby, Roseanne, they all have done problematic things, but people still like their art. I think it's slick wordplay. I, I definitely I, hit him I, for I the understand. full for the full version. Uh, he told me the second verse is even crazier, so uh, he hasn't got it to me yet, so I'm going to hit him and Timberland again today, but I, I've i been on it. When I heard him, I'm like, wow, record, record sounds dope. And, right, and Country Grammar is the happiest record to ever do a drive-by to. That is a very delightful drive-by record, by the way. I'm going down, down, baby, your street in the range. In the room, boom, All right, hey. now let's discuss some street potential baby. upcoming battles. Is there right. potentially a Brandy versus Monica? A lot of people have been calling for that, but here's what Brandy had to say about that possibility. I heard that she doesn't want to do it. She pretty much turned it down. She didn't want to be a part of that, but I, I understand. Oh, it might happen now. I'm going to tell you something. Um, they need to do that at the BET Awards this year. The BET Awards this year, I'm sure, is going to be virtual in June. Swiss and Timberland and Jesse Collins, all of them need to get together. And if they do do it, make it a celebration of Brandy and Monica's music, which is st still a battle, at the BET Awards. I don't know how they would do that, though, because they would have to kind of cut it short, mm -hmm. right? But it's a way to do it. Mm-hmm. Yes, that'll be virtual for sure. Uh, now, other potential versus battles. Now... This caused some controversy. As you can imagine, Usher was talking to Swiss Beats and he suggested, uh, well, a suggestion was brought up about a battle between Little Kim and Nicki Minaj and here's what Usher said. But, but then to see Little Kim versus Nicki. Yeah, but, you know, that's, nah, she, she, Kim is, uh, Nicki is a you pop. Hold up, you already, you already trending on Twitter right now, by the way. You know the barbs went crazy. They did not like that Usher would say that Nicki Minaj is a product of Little Kim. Nicki Minaj would say that, though. Like, what's the problem? Like, everybody has pioneers. Everybody has people that inspired them in some way, shape, or form. Nicki is a product of, you know, uh, Little Kim. Little Kim laid that found, found like that, 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 that foundation. Just she like she's a problem with Little... Hard, she, just, even, she even redid the hardcore cover. Yeah, she redid that, yeah. yep. Just, just like she's a product of... Just like she's a product of Little Wayne. Just like she's a product of Missy Elliott in a lot of ways. Yeah, like, it wasn't it wasn't meant to be an insult in any way, but you know the barbs get a little cray cray. The barbs definitely. Right. Now, now I will say Usher was wrong. I don't know if Usher was saying that they can't battle each other because she's a product, because that's not true. They can definitely get busy against each other, uh, song for song, just because you know, just because she's a product of a person, don't mean that they don't have to do it versus. Well, the other thing is these are supposed to be friendly battles, so I think that's the other. Yeah, issue that would too. that would get thrown out the window. Absolutely.
All right, now let's talk about uh, Swizz was actually then talking with Busta Rhymes on who Usher could battle, and here's what was said. Who do we see Usher celebrating with? I see Usher versus Chris he Brown. Go, he got to go see, with Chris Brown. I see a lot of Usher versus Timberlake, but for the culture... Listen, man, Usher and Chris Brown got to be it, man. That's another battle people have been throwing out there, Usher versus Chris Brown. Yeah, Usher will Usher will watch Chris Brown. I think Chris Brown is super talented. He's probably got this. He's got my second favorite R and B song of the past ten years, which is uh, "F You Back to Sleep." But Usher would watch Chris Brown. I, I think don't know Usher about and watch. Justin. Watch. I think that'd be I a think, good battle, bro. Uh, I don't see. I watch. love Chris. Chris is Chris dope. He's super records, talented. Man. Yeah, but he don't yeah, have no eighty-seven oh one or no confession, sir. And, and he got a lot no. of great um, uh, features as he, well, like that. He's he don't have no eighty-seven oh one and no confessions. It's just not happening. Chris got a lot of records, though. It wouldn't be a wash. They would, they would go, they would but, go record but, the record. They would go record. Here's the thing, though. Y'all say records. Does he have twenty classic Chris joints? Yeah, yes. Chris yes, Brown sir. definitely does. Chris does. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. That's disrespect yeah. for the Usher. What? That Chris has. We're not uh, disrespecting by saying Chris, has Chris Brown records. has twenty records. He absolutely. certainly does. He has All twenty right, records. Now, yes, but are they classics? Usher got twenty guaranteed smoker heater lifetime timeless records. We know this. All right, now let's talk about another potential battle. Uh, Fat Joe was talking to Ashanti, and here's the battle people are asking for. Ashanti, Keisha Cole. Would that be okay. a great one? Listen, if they want to see it, I ain't mad. Ashanti versus Keisha Cole. And Keisha Cole posted the songs that somebody did. Somebody did a whole song for song between the two of them also. That's so everybody's one. talking about battling. People are down for it. Yeah, and also Snoop, great one. Snoop uh, was talking about battling Buster, and he said he would definitely battle Buster. Um... I don't That's know a solid if, one too. if they would do that. But I, I would love to see either Snoop and Buster or Snoop and, and DMX, the dog and the dog. I thought that would be dope too. Dog and the dogs. Actually, I think Snoop and 50 Cent would be a good one. Because if you look mm -hmm. at Snoop and 50 Cent musically, they've kind of had like uh, the same trajectory. They both came out with these big, 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 big debut albums. And then things kind of cooled off a little bit after that. But they still put out, you know, records that people rocked with here and there. I think that they would be a good Good, good one-on-one -on -one battle. 50 Cent versus so Snoop Dogg. All right. Well, I'm Angela Yee, and that's your rumor reports. Yeah, and Charlamagne, he has he has well over 20. Yeah, well but all these 20. big, big records. Go look at Usher's yes. catalog and tell me, and you'll see the difference. Nice and Slow, My Life, Confessions, Burn. Like, he got, Usher got big records, man. My yeah, boo. Sodas, Chris Brown. Yeah, nice Sodas, Chris Brown. I think you also with came with up you, on Usher. Kiss, you were a little kiss. older when Chris Brown came out, so maybe you don't look at it the same. Transform you, yeah. But look he has at me huge now. records. She Ain't You, like, Strip. Like, he Bro, has a lot of joints. I, I, I think all those records are dope, but think about the records I just said from Usher, man. Loyal, Ayo. I mean, it's two different times. It's two different eras, bro. Mm -hmm. It's two different eras. And? Yeah, you grew <laughs> up on, you grew up on... Usher. We grew up on Usher, so it's a different... Guys, you, you, think Chris Brown can take, you telling me you think Chris Brown can take Usher? I didn't say that. I said that he wouldn't wash him. That's that's the difference. It'd be a good I, I I, it would I, be a good battle. I, I, think it, I think it wouldn't be as close as people think. Uh, nah, Especially think when you hear those records one. side by side. I think you're wrong with that one. It Imagine Loyal. By the, way, by the way, Loyal versus Nice and Slow would be amazing. These hoes ain't Loyal <laughs> compared to something <laughs> like Nice and Slow. The contrast to that would be incredible. My and goodness. Usher would get the W. All right. Well, we got front page news coming up next. So don't move. It's the Breakfast Club. Good morning. Morning, everybody. It's DJ NV Angela Yee, Charlamagne the Guy. We are the Breakfast Club. Let's get in some front page news. Where are we starting, Yee? Well, let's give you guys some updates on what's happening as the U.S. is opening up nationwide. 
And they are saying this is a balancing act. They're trying to reopen the economy without having a second spike of coronavirus cases. As of now, all but two states have loosened restrictions to help curb the spread of the virus. Some states are allowing limited gatherings. Others are allowing restaurants and some businesses to reopen with caution. So let's give you some updates in Texas. Officials did report the highest single-day increase in new cases over the weekend, but the governor is also saying it's because there's been more testing also. Restaurants, movie theaters, malls have been open for a little more than two weeks, and the governor is expected to announce the next step today. In Florida, health officials are saying there's about 777 new coronavirus cases, and they're saying today the state will enter into its first full phase of reopening, which will allow restaurants, retail stores, and gyms across Florida to reopen with certain restrictions. In California, the state is now in phase two of the four reopening phases. And the governor there said that while he's empathetic to residents' concerns, he wants to go ahead and move forward safely. So those are just some of your updates. I saw a lot of the Apple, some of the Apple stores are going to be opening uh, finally also in some states. Mm-hmm. Now, health officials are also doubling down on the dangers of mass gatherings. So just as you're now allowed to go to the beach, and as you know, next week is Memorial Day weekend, mm-hmm. and people are attending church and eating inside of restaurants. Health officials are also saying gatherings in large groups could send states back to where they started. So be very careful. In North Carolina, churches can resume indoor services. A federal judge did grant churches that rights, even though the governor said that uh, they're prohibiting services with more than 10 people, a judge did give them the right. So larger worship services are allowed as long as they are outdoors. And uh, That's such a mm -hmm. mixed message, man. Like, you can't reopen a state, open up the beach, open up the churches, and then tell people they can't have large gatherings. What do they think is going to happen when they open? I guess they're trying to just do maybe 30 percent, just 30 percent of the church. If the congregation is usually a thousand, maybe only let 300 in just so we can practice social distancing. But I guess they're just trying to open up that, though, especially at the beach. Do you have people at the beach keeping people off? Like, what do you you do in a situation like that? Well, they were saying that in some places on the beach. They're yeah. not going to allow parking. So if, if a parking lot has 100 spots, they're not going to allow 100 people to park there. They only allow 30, 30% of the parking to go there. So hopefully that'll cut people back from going. Even they do that at uh, the parks here in Jersey now. If you want to go hiking or if you want to go walking, they cut off half the parking lot so everybody can't get in at the same time. Yeah, but what if it's four people in a car? That's true. You, gotta, you know what I'm saying? Like, I don't, I don't know how they control that. All right. Well, it's interesting with the church services because a person who le- who later learned they were positive for coronavirus attended a California religious service on Mother's Day and exposed 180 other people to the coronavirus. According to local health officials, they did contact people who were at that service to notify them and tell them that they should self-quarantine. Mm. Tough. And in yeah, Georgia, and gyms it, you- are starting to reopen, gyms and fitness centers. And That's what they're doing nasty. there... Mm-hmm. Is they're allowing, uh, this is how they're doing it. They're doing social distancing guidelines. So right now the spa, sauna, basketball court, and kids club will be closed. Other changes include checking in one by one, limiting building occupancy, removing or making some equipment unavailable. They also have contactless check-in, hand sanitizer upon entry, and they have additional staff that's dedicated to sanitizing the equipment and frequent touch areas and pre-shift screenings, masks and gloves are required for all the employees. It's just so weird, man, because, you know, even yesterday, the U.S. Health Secretary, uh, I think his name's Alex Czar, he said that there's no spike in coronavirus in places that have reopened. But it just all sounds like mixed messaging because then you hear that, but then you hear the stuff about in Texas, even though you know it's because they're testing more people now. It's just like, I don't know what the hell to believe at Mm. this point. 
I really don't. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, let's open up the phone lines. There's a there's a lot of places that have opened and, and people are out and about. 800-585-1051. Would love to know what your city looks like right now. We're talking like Georgia. I know uh, Atlanta was open. They've, they've having uh, restaurants Partially. open. Partially yeah. open. A friend of mine was DJing over the weekend for a day party that it wasn't packed, but it was, you could tell it was 30%. So people Florida are out and about. Never closed. Yeah. Florida crazy ass don't seem like they ever closed. Texas, right. Florida, you Texas. So we want to we want to talk to you guys. Uh, are you yeah, out I and wanna, about? I just, yeah, I just want to know if people are moving around. Do you feel comfortable? Like, are you afraid to go out even though the states are partially reopened? I just want to know what's the mind state for some of these places that have already reopened. I see what's some strip clubs are open back up again. Where? That's just nasty. Where at? In Wisconsin. I think it's in Wisconsin. Oh, I've seen, I seen the mall nasty. open up in Atlanta. I've seen people walking around the mall. So let's open up the phone lines. 800-585-1051. If your city has opened up and you're out and about, what does it feel like? Are you nervous? Are you scared? Are you out and about like F that? Let's talk about it. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. The Breakfast Club. Morning, everybody. It's DJ NV Angela Yee, Charlemagne the Guy. We are The Breakfast Club. Now, if you just joined us, we're talking about some of the cities opening back up. We've seen Georgia. We've seen uh, Houston. We've seen uh, so many different Florida. places. Florida opening back up. It's so like we're 40, asking, 48 states today? 46 states? What is it? Something like that? All but two. Mm-hmm. All but two. All but two, yeah. So we're asking, how, how does it feel out there? I mean, I, our state is pretty much shut down. We're not doing anything. We can't. They're going to be opening the beaches up, so people are going to be out at the beaches. But other than that, how's it feeling out there? Yeah, New Jersey's a little more open than New York right now. I'll yeah, say New York, that too. Nothing's happening in New York. We are locked the down. Only ri- yeah, only only risk I'm willing to take right now in Jersey is the barbershop. Barbershop opens. I would definitely go in there and uh, get a haircut. Anything else, I don't see it. Yeah, me neither. But I think people also have to use their own judgment, too. Like, you know, we are this whole time. I've been going out, going for walks and making sure I do, you know, still move around and do things. And it didn't feel safe to me over this weekend. I went to go for a walk. There was too many people outside. People were cooking out on the street in front of their house. I kept having to walk back and forth across the street to avoid large groups of people. A lot of people Mm -hmm. didn't have on masks. And I was like, let me just go back home. And this is exactly why it doesn't even make any sense when they are in such a rush to open the economy. You've been scaring us to death the past three months. You got all of us so scared that we stayed in our houses. And now you're just going to open up the economy and say, yeah, it's still out there. But you can go, uh, you know, you can you can you can proceed with the proper precautions. No, I think I'll sit back and let y'all go first. Well, let's let's go to the phone lines. Hello. Who's this? This is Pete. What's going What's up, bro? How's it going there? We're talking about, uh, you've been out and about. What's been going on in your city, bro? Yeah, man. I live on the uh, North Carolina-Virginia border, and the bars opened up, man. And it's nuts how many people were out there. Well, you've been having people locked up for two months. They're ready to get. They ready to hit the streets. They're like girls yeah. who've been in the house all through high school, now they're in college. <laughs> I mean, I feel you, though. But, I mean, at the same time, and on the, uh, the Texas thing, talking about... Uh, that they're doing more testing, that's not an excuse. That just means that there's more people out there than they've realized. And now you're going to reopen the, the, the economy with all those extra people that are sick that they didn't know about? That's not a good excuse, man. Well, well I think if well, you're doing testing and clear, you're doing contact have, tracing... Just because you have coronavirus doesn't mean you're sick, too. A lot of people don't are asymptomatic, so they don't even know they have it. you can still spread it, though. Yeah, yeah you, you can still, still spread it. But it actually better. It's actually better. It's, it's actually better when you test people and you know who has it. Then you could do contact tracing. That's how you actually contain it. 
Oh yeah, no, I I get that, man. Being able to being able to to contact trace and things like that, that's good. But at the same time, I mean, we we're in the midst of opening up the entire nation, and now you've got one state with a spike in in cases, and they're saying, well, it's just because we can now we're testing more. Well, no, that just means that there were more sick out there that you didn't know about. Yeah. I mean, All look, right. man, in a couple of weeks, you, as, as, as long as the hospitals aren't overwhelmed, as long as the hospitals can function, then, you know, this is going to be our new normal for a while, to be honest. That's what you just hope for. You just hope that the hospitals don't get overwhelmed. Hello, who's this? This is Lisa. Hey, Lisa, good morning. Where are you calling from? I'm embarrassed to say that Jacksonville, Florida. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> ah! So you guys have been out and about, huh? Yes, and I, I have to say that I agree with Charlamagne 100% that this is a crazy-ass state, and I'm never supposed to hear you give donkey a visit to someone from Florida. <laughs> well, thank you. <laughs> have you been out, or you stayed your ass in? Um, both. I'm an essential worker, so I have to go to work every day, but mm-hmm. every day that I'm driving to work, it's like you can't even tell that anything's going on. Right. as much traffic, and it's just even at my job, people don't even really, like, wear masks or gloves, but a lot of people think this is all, like, conspiracy issues. really weird. And they oh, look at what? me crazy for being the one with gloves on and masks on. When I go in the stores, I'm, like, the only one suited and booted, basically, <laughs> trying not to get Where sick. You- and I just think it's, like, the Twilight Zone. Where do you work? I don't want to say. <laughs> I was about to say, because y'all, y'all was going to drop 70% today, whatever your job was. <laughs> People were going to stop yeah, coming there. But it is, it's definitely an eye-opener. Um, I I don't think that it's a conspiracy, and I don't feel like a lot of the people here who feel like the government are trying to control you. I would just rather be safe than sorry. Like, I don't want yep. to fall ill or, you know, die, leave my son right. here. But people here just have this invincible they just think they're invincible. Like, right. they're not going to get it's, it it's, or they don't nope. believe that it exists. It's not invincibility. It's called crazy. It's Florida foolishness. Exactly. Okay? Exactly. <laughs> well, thank you, Mama. 800-585-1051. We're asking, you know, they opened up damn near every state but two. So we're asking 800-585-1051. Are you out and about? What's going on? How is your state looking like? Call us. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. Morning, everybody. It's DJ Envy, Angela Yee, Charlamagne the Guy. We are The Breakfast Club. Good morning. Now, if you just joined us, we're opening up the phone lines and asking, how is your state looking? How are things looking out that they're opening up? Are you out and about? Here on uh, in Jersey, they haven't really opened up much. They opened up the beach, but I'm still not going out. I'm still keeping my ass in the house. I ain't going nowhere for a little bit. So I'm assuming the two states that haven't opened yet uh, are Jersey and New York. Um, I'm just making that up. Well, New York State does have certain areas. There's like five different areas that are reopened, but New York City's not open. Listen, until there's like widespread testing and tracing in place, any of this information you hear, uh, it, it really isn't worth anything. Like, you know, the hospitals are the most critical piece in this situation. If they don't get overwhelmed in the next month after everything opens up, that we know whatever we're doing is working. If they do get overwhelmed, then we know we weren't ready and we'll be right back the way we uh we started. And we'll probably be spending Christmas at home, which All I'm right. fine with, by the way. Well, let's go to the phone lines. Hello, who's this? Hey, this is uh, Marcus from Dallas, Texas. Marcus from Dallas, hello, Texas. Hello, DeMarcus. Now, your city is open, correct? Man, if you, if you come to Dallas right now, you'll be thinking like Corona never existed. Really? Like, man, I rode. Yeah, I'm a nurse out here and... uh you know, when I get off work, I roll through and you got people going to the stores with no masks. You got people jogging with no masks. 
walking down the street, just nothing. Now, I don't understand the no mask thing because there's not one thing that I've read from any country around the world that says uh, you shouldn't wear masks. Masks absolutely decrease the transmission of the virus. Yeah, I mean, the the thing is, it's like if, uh, you know, because people can be asymptomatic, like if you have the virus and you don't know you have it, wearing a mask can protect the next person. So... Right. right. I don't see why people don't wear masks. Yeah, you don't have to go raw with the earth. You know what I'm saying? I understand when HIV AIDS hit, y'all still didn't want to wear condoms. You know what I mean? I, I, I can see the risk you would want to take, but you don't have to go raw with the earth. Put the goddamn mask on. Protect yourself. Thank you, brother. Hello, who's this? It's Brianna. Hey, Brianna. Good morning. Good morning. How you guys? We're doing good. Where good, you calling from? Alabama. Alabama. Now, is Alabama open? Pe- people are out and about? Yes, they are. They are out here like wild goose. <laughs> like wild goose? Yes. Wild gooses just be out and about in Alabama, huh? <laughs> yes. <laughs> okay. That's all you got for us? <laughs> yeah. She had too many words. But let's go to another caller. Hello, who's this? Uh, it's Tyrone calling from Atlanta. Tyrone. Oh, Atlanta's popping. I know y'all open. I see. I seen uh, day parties going on. What's going on in Atlanta, brother? Man, it's going on a lot down here, man. You know, I was this week, this weekend, when I took my guys to dinner and went to the mall. But you know, everybody wearing a uh, face mask stuff. But it's probably, probably next couple weeks, it should get, it should get back to the old level. Was the restaurants yeah, packed? Wow, that soon. Say that again. Was the restaurant packed? No, 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 no. You only, you only let like thirty percent of the uh, people come in, and, and most all the uh, chairs, no tables, is all spread out. So it's getting, you know, it's getting kind of normal. But it's still, uh, it's still safety involved. Okay. Yeah, I saw uh, Candy had a, uh, a born day party yesterday, a mask on party. All I know is, man, when you're in Atlanta, you're in any of these parties, man, it should be like a don't smoke blunts with strangers rule. You know what I mean? Don't pass the hookah to a stranger. I wouldn't pass the hookah to anybody I haven't been quarantined with. Or a blunt, for that matter. Absolutely. All right. Now, what's the moral of the story, huh? Is there more? I, I just think the moral of the story is until there's widespread testing and tracing, like a lot of this information that we're hearing just really... It really isn't worth it. Like when they say things like no spikes in coronavirus uh, in places reopening, like, uh, you know, they say, oh, spikes in Texas. Like none of, none of that matters until it is widespread testing and tracing. And let's yeah. pray that the hospitals don't get overwhelmed in any of these places, because if they do, then we know that it's not working. And I, for one, am not rooting against any of the states that are reopening. I want this to work. Yeah, I want this to work. As too. you I'm, should. I'm, I'm praying that it does work because there's a lot of people out there that are suffering. A lot of people are hurting. A lot of people need to get back to business. So I'm praying that this works. Now we got rumors on the way, Yee? Yes, and we are going to... Oh, and I just wanted to tell you, the two states are Illinois and Michigan that are mm. still oh, uh, supposedly okay. shut down. Mm-hmm. Um, yes, and we are going to be talking about um, a sex tape that recently was leaked. It's not even that long, but we'll tell you what the details are. All right, we'll get into that next. Keep it locked. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. Morning, everybody. It's DJ NV, Angela Yee, Charlamagne the Guy. We are The Breakfast Club. Good morning. Happy Good morning. Monday. Uh, uh, have, y'all sh- I was going to say, uh, have you guys seen that on? flyer with uh, Evander Holy, uh, Holyfield and Tyson? Is that is that yeah, lies? That. 
That's not gonna happen, is it? Uh, it's probably a lie, but I would I much so. rather that I would much rather that matchup than see Mike Tyson <laughs> get in the ring with any of these uh, younger heavyweights and actually get hurt. That's why, that's why when I hear people say things like Mike Tyson could beat some of these heavyweights out here now, they don't watch boxing. No, nope. it's really just that simple. Because Anthony Joshua, Tyson Fury, Deontay Wilder, even Luis Ortiz, old ass would would absolutely hurt Mike Tyson at this you, point. You know how people and, look and at it? One they thing, look at it. They look at it like Tyson would beat me, so I know he would kill somebody. But you're not those other boxers that train every day. And, yeah, and it's nostalgia, exactly. And you can watch somebody on a 30-second video, and they look good. But when they got to get in that ring and bang out for three mm -hmm. minutes around for, for, for 12 rounds, come on, man. And come on, 15 years ago, look at Mike at the end of his career when he was getting beat by guys like Kevin Bird. You mm -hmm. really think he going to beat Tyson Fury? Y'all must not have watched that last Tyson Fury, Deontay Wilder fight, bro. You clearly didn't. There's no way you would want Mike Tyson to get in the ring with Tyson Fury. Like, let's not do that to the legend, okay? He's a cultural icon. One kidney shot at 53 years old will probably mm. could, could, could kill that man. That's what you want yeah. from him? Stop it. Come on. Yeah. Well, yeah. I don't know if y'all saw this since you're talking about Evander Holyfield. Did anybody watch this movie on Netflix, The Wrong Missy? Mm -mm. Wrong What's Missy? that about? It's a comedy. It's kind of funny. But um, they reference Evander Holyfield several times in that movie. Mm -hmm. That's what just yeah. made me think Why? of it. Why? You got to see it. Because um, it's a comedy. It's like, yeah, you got to watch it. It's kind of like um, Forgetting Sarah Marshall-ish, that type of comedy. Mm. But the guy's bosses, the guy's boss, his wife used to sleep with Evander Holyfield. So he brings it up like all the time. Got you. Just random. Mm. Okay. <laughs> all right. Well, we got rumors on the way. What are we talking about? Uh, we are going to be talking about The Last Dance, of course. The last two episodes were on last night, so let's discuss. All right, we'll get into that next. Keep it locked. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. Morning, everybody. It's DJ Envy, Angela Yee, Charlamagne the Guy. We are The Breakfast Club. Let's get to the rumors. Let's talk Kevin Gates. It's time, time, time. She's spilling the tea. This is The Rumor Report with Angela Yee on The Breakfast Club. Yes, yeah, so some footage of Kevin Gates, they're calling it an alleged sex tape, has leaked, and everybody was talking about it online. Did you guys see it? No. Uh, no. <laughs> Why are you guys at the social? I mean, it was all over. It was trending on Twitter. So yeah, I figured but maybe that, don't mean that, that, that don't mean I got to click on it. <laughs> like, like, I don't think the headline, Kevin Gates' sex tape wouldn't intrigue me. They'll say, oh, let me go check this out. Right, so that's uh, out there. We haven't heard any comment from either Kevin Gates or Drika as of this time. People are speculating who is the person in the video. Is it his wife? Is it not? So I guess at some point they'll address this, but that has been trending online. All right, now let's talk about something else that's been trending. Michael Jordan, The Last Dance. Okay, so... Uh, what we just saw in the last dance is the, quote, flu game. Now, the flu game is something that's been discussed uh, for a long time. So now you get to hear straight from, from everybody involved about what happened. And Michael Jordan did not have the flu in game five of the 97 finals between the Utah Jazz and Chicago Bulls in Salt Lake City. Uh, what he actually had was food poisoning. Listen to this. For game five in Utah, I'm at Marriott. But it's like 10, 1030 at night. I'm hungry. No room service. Michael gets hungry. So, all right, so we're calling all these different places. We find one pizza place open. Five guys delivering one pizza. And they're all trying to look in and, you know, everybody knew his mind. So I take the pizza, I pay, I pay them, and I, I put this pizza down. And I, I said, I got a bad feeling about this. I eat the pizza all by myself. Nobody else eats. Eat the pizza. 
I wake up about 2.30, throwing up left and right. So it really wasn't the flu game. It was, it was food poisoning. Yeah, we've heard that story before. And, and I, I, I like that story as well. I think the, I think the food poison 11s have a great ring to them. And I think the prospect of uh, the Utah Jazz fans going so far as to try to poison Michael Jordan. That's crazy. Right? That's, that's a better story than the actual flu game. I always wondered, did they, they didn't go check on it? They didn't see, you know, we didn't hear anything after that. You, they could have killed right. that man. They no, what happened is... Um, do some investigating. Right. Well, what happened is the five guys who bought MJ the pizza oh, never got caught because they got out of the pizza business and started a burger franchise. Shut up. That's a fact. <laughs> you going to say that's a fact? Cite your sources. The dark web. <laughs> the dark web. All right, well, Michael Jordan did end up with 38.7 rebounds, five assists, and three steals. In that game, by the way. All right. In addition to that, Michael Jordan discusses his career ending with the Bulls. And was he happy with how things ended? Here's what he said. In 98, when winning six out of eight, and yet being just as dominant as you were in 91, that's where the, you know, the craftsmanship came in. And I think 98 was much better than any other years because of how I was able to use my mind as well as my body. So was it then satisfying to leave at your peak? No. Or is it maddening to leave at your peak? It's maddening, you know, because I felt like we could have won seven. Man, just not to be able to try, that's, that's, that's something that, you know, I just can't accept. Very interesting. I, I always wondered how he felt about leaving, uh, leaving all that money on the table. Not even just necessarily money with his contract. I mean money just as far as, like, putting that, that, that stamp on his legacy. You mm -hmm. know, going out the way he wanted to go out. One more season. Seven rings, seven is God's number for the God basketball player. That would have been incredible. Right. So you heard it from him, and that was the end. I know some people haven't seen it yet. I was actually watching last night, and I fell asleep uh, during the second episode because I was exhausted. But right. now I gotta, And I'm going to tell you something else. If I was Phil Jackson, I'd have told that owner to kiss my ass, too. Like the, yeah, the fact that the owner said, yeah. the owner said, you've earned the right you, to come back. I was back. thinking Mother the same thing. I won six championships already. What the you hell is you talking about, right. fool? I'll be I out earned too. the right to come back. It's my sixth ring. I'm going to go somewhere else and win five more. How about that? Drop on the clues bombs for Phil Jackson, guys. Mm. Bulls ain't All right, nothing and, since. and speaking of sports, Dwayne, the Rock Johnson, he's talking about his daughter, Simone Alexandra. She is joining the WWE family. He was on The Tonight Show starring Jimmy Fallon, and here's what he had to say about his 18-year-old daughter. What an honor that uh, my daughter wants to follow in my footsteps, but more importantly, she actually wants to create her and blaze her own path, which is just so important. And she wound up being the youngest signee in the history of the company at six, by the way, so she's 18 now. At 16, she was working her ass off, quietly under the radar, in the ring, getting thrown around and, you know, all the bumps and the bruises that go with pro wrestling. And she hung in there and I'm very, very proud of her. Well, that's dope. You know, mm -hmm. I'm sure for him, for The Rock to have his daughter just enter that field that he's been in and that's made him as famous as he is today, that has to feel good. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but she has to be as charismatic as him inside that ring. It's I'm one sure thing to put the be. work in, because that's that's what took the rock over the top. It wasn't that he was, you know, such a great physical specimen in the ring. It was his character. It was both. He, yep. was, he was a beast. With, he was a beast with that microphone. Absolutely. Well, she'll be the first fourth generation superstar in WWE history if things go down the way it's supposed to. Because her great grandfather, her grandfather, and her father, so she'll be the fourth one. So that'll be really dope. Mm-hmm. All right, I'm Angela Yee, and that is your rumor report. 
And I just want to say, Phil Jackson, you know, did the Bulls great. He did, you know, the Lakers amazing. And then when he came to the Knicks, horrible. Well, he didn't coach the Knicks, though. It's not his fault. Yeah, Plus, the Knicks are just cursed. I know. I, that's what made me think. That. I'm like, he's such a, he was so great with the Bulls, so great with the Lakers, and then with the Knicks, it just, uh, just, ah. All right. Well, shall better, I clear, clear, Clearly a better coach than he is. Uh, what was he? GM. Vice president, president of basketball GM operations, GM, yeah, yeah, something? Yeah, yeah. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, yeah, All right. Well, Charlamagne, yeah. who are you giving that donkey to? Uh, we need Hannah Brown to come to the front of the congregation. She you has know who Hannah them. Brown is? No, I don't actually, but I know that she's made <laughs> he does a now very. She's in the news. <laughs> she's made a very white rookie mistake. All right, talk about it. All right, we'll get into that next. Keep it locked. It's the Breakfast Club. Good morning. I was born a donkey. It's the donkey of the day. That's pretty fun. Charlemagne the Devil. Possibly. <laughs> the Breakfast Club. Donkey of the Day for Monday, May 18th goes to a bachelorette named Hannah Brown. Uh, I don't watch The Bachelorette. Envy, that's your show, right? I watch it with the wife. Don't, don't make it seem like it's my show. It's my wife's show. And I, I, don't, you, don't act like you didn't I get excited. I watch it with don't, her. Don't this, act like you, you didn't get excited. Exactly. <laughs> don't act like you didn't get excited when I mentioned Hannah Brown's name, okay? I have never heard of Hannah Brown, uh, but don't let her last name fool you. She is not brown at all. Nor black. In fact, she is a mayonnaise-flavored mammal. And we all know one thing this culture doesn't take kindly to is mayonnaise-flavored mammals using the N-word. Oh, the heavy, the, the Hellman's is heavy on this one. And I still don't understand how in 2020 these human jars of Hellman's are still making this rookie mistake, okay? And racism for dummies. Chapter 1, verse 1. It says, if you lack melanin, check white on the census. You cannot say the N-word. It's simple. Not rocket science. And yet and still, every now and then, we have to hold up a, a big old jar of Kraft Real mayonnaise and say, look, this is why we don't like too much of you and our potato salad. Okay? See, mayonnaise is fine if you use just enough of it. Uh, just enough. When you put the right amount in tuna, delightful. Okay? When you just put the, put the right amount on some white bread, yummy. Okay? Just a little nice little thin layer. All right? But when you start putting it on French fries and... Ugh, God forbid, eating it out of a jar with a spoon. Yuck. Okay? You're really in dangerous territory when that happens. And that's exactly what Hannah Brown did. She sat front row at a Lakers game with a big jar of mayonnaise and didn't even have the decency to use a spoon. She just was using her hands eating it. Not literally. For the slow people in the back, because the NBA isn't even here yet. Okay? What Hannah did is the equivalent of, of that, though. Okay? She was on IG Live, and she was rapping the baby song, Rockstar, when this happened. Oh, my God, I'm a cop. Have you ever seen a real nigga? Rock star. Oh, we've seen this a million times before. The love of hip-hop, the love of rap music has caused many a white person to be, in, be, a, be an accidental racist, okay? One of the toughest challenges a white person has in life is the N-word in their favorite rap song, okay? When they are alone in their car, do they say the word? If so, does their conscience eat at them? If so, why are you practicing bad habits, Okay. See, Caucasians, when you are alone, the reason you have to practice censoring yourself when you are rapping along to your favorite, you know, uh, black rapper is so you don't make the mistake of saying the N-word in public. All right? This reminds me of an episode of one of my favorite TV shows of all time, Girlfriends. Yes, the Sister to Sister episode when Lynn's white adopted sister Tanya comes to town and this happens. Let 
Denise Wilkes, what kind of situation did you bring up in situations? <laughs> what? Somebody better get her because Peaches got a hot comb in his hands, okay? Well, I, girl, you know, I, no, 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 no. I know that you crossed the line, but what were you thinking? She wasn't thinking. Look, everyone, I'm really sorry. I am so embarrassed outside. That's right. And Tanya did the right thing. She apologized because there's really nothing you can do when you let the mayonnaise spill all over everybody. Okay, when you let the mayonnaise spill all over the place in a situation like that, the only thing you can do is apologize, which is what Hannah Brown did. Let's listen. I did. I'm so sorry. That wasn't you. That was um, Brooke. No, I was singing this. I'm so sorry. I was... <laughs> I don't think that you said that. I don't think, I mean, no, there is. Maybe it's Patrick. Here's the thing, uh, young blue plates. Why take the risk? Okay, whether you are Tanya Lynn's sister from Girlfriends or Hannah Brown, why use the N-word? I don't care if it's in your favorite rap record or not. If you know the history of the N-word, there is no reason for any of us to use it. Okay, it doesn't matter if you're white, black, brown, if you know the history of the N-word, if you know the blood that's on the word, you wouldn't use it. I don't think it's a word that could ever, you know, be transformed into a positive because if it was actually transformed into a positive, a term of endearment, like we say it is, we wouldn't care who used it, right? Right? For anyone who isn't black, they should never use it. Okay, for those of us who are black, it's complicated. And we don't need you complicating it anymore for us, okay? Because even though we may debate amongst each other on whether or not we should use it, a vast majority of us know and can agree without a shadow of a doubt that whether you're Trader Joe's organic mayonnaise or Trader Joe's real mayonnaise, you can't use it, period. Please let Kathy Griffin handle my white work and give Hannah Brown the credit she deserves for being stupid. Please give this giant jar of mayo the biggest hee-haw. <laughs> I was going to say, along with that, you know, I watch 90 Day Fiance, and there's a petition now to get one of the women off the show, Lisa, who's dating Usman, because she uses the N-word, and she actually posted it on her page, and her explanation is, I'm born and raised in the hood, and yes, I use the N-word. Well, she spilled it out, which is used by my fiance and friends, and here in the States, look up the urban definition, and she goes on to use it on several lives in her comments, and... Uh, while Usman was doing a live, she's in the comments saying F-U-N-word and all of that. Well, I mean, I think in a lot of cases, uh, the N-word, using the N-word is a classic example of teaching people how to treat you, right? Because I think it's crazy that we use it in songs. And listen, we use it amongst each other. I use it. But mm -hmm. when somebody else is, that's influenced by us uses it, we get upset. That should be like the mirror, right? That should be us looking in the mirror letting us know why we should not be using Yeah, we shouldn't be using it. We yeah, absolutely positively. I, I yeah, but agree, you but, know, but we still do. Yeah, people like Hannah Brown, they got <laughs> too much privilege, too much access to information, you know, and they've seen too many people get their ass handed to them for using the N-word for them to be using it. For the young white woman that you're describing, her situation uh, makes me understand mm -hmm. why she feels like she can use it, but she's still no. wrong. You must not she watch 90 Day Fiance then to see what this woman is like. Nobody does but you here, ye. You love it. I, that's definitely not true. A lot of people watch this. show. I mean, on this show, I mean, on this show. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you for that donkey of the day. Yes. And uh, Ida Rodriguez is coming up next. You Ida. know who Ida Rodriguez is, right? That's right, She's yes. a comedian. She mm -hmm. was on Tiffany Haddish's Netflix special, um, They Ready. They Ready. And okay. she has her own TV show. 
her own scripted series coming on HBO Max based off, you know, um, I think it's based off Ida's life, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, it's based, not, it's based off her off of, it's based And off she's her writing life, it herself, but, too, and everything. Okay. Yeah, but so, Ida, Ida's just dope because, you know, she's very uh, involved when it comes to social justice, when it comes to, you know, activism, when it comes mm-hmm. to politics. So she's always a, a great person to have conversations with. All right, so we're going to kick it with Ida Rodriguez. When we come back, don't move. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. The Breakfast Club. Checking out the world's most dangerous morning show. Morning, everybody. It's DJ Envy, Angela Yee, Charlemagne the Guy. We are the Breakfast Club. We got a special guest on the line right now. Ida Rodriguez. What up? Good morning. Peace, Queen. Good morning. Now, Ida, you you know, you hit me and you. King and Queen. That's right. Now, now you hit me and you said you wanted to call Latinos into action in regards to the police brutality we see happening around the country. What what moved you to want to do that? Well, you know, nothing moved me on it. It's been my stand for a long time. Um, I saw you had my mentor on here a couple of days ago, Ben Crump. Our Mm -hmm. our Mm -hmm. movement has always been about unifying black and brown people. Mm -hmm. And um, I'm the mother of a black son and a black daughter, but I shouldn't have to be to be moved by these stories, right? Historically, this has been going on for a long time. We had a lot of outrage when we saw those babies in cages and we wanted black people to stand up for us. Mm -hmm. So we have to stand up for black people and we have to have some solidarity because the agenda comes for all of us, not just black people. Black people just happen to be first. Mm. Right. You know, it's interesting because I was also thinking about the whole um, Asian thing, right? And all the racism that's been going on on both sides. So what are your thoughts about that, too? Because I see a lot of people being like, well, too bad. It happens to us all the time. Well, that's that's not the attitude to have. The anti-blackness exists. But this anti-blackness that exists everywhere, specifically with Asian people who are really big to call on um, unity and call for people to stand and and be allies for them. But they practice a lot of anti-black racism. And, And it's important to remember in these times when it happens to you that it could happen to you. At this point, I'm a stand-up comedian and my life has become activism at this point. People keep asking me, where are your jokes? And I'm like, who can tell a joke in this right. moment? I'm saving it for the special. But it's... <laughs> Miami. Miami has this Cuban reality. Like, I, I was texting with you earlier because I was like, if, if Michael B. Jordan is going to play Scarface, I want to see... I'm like, yo, what a chess move because that's a payback for Zoe Saldana playing Nina Simone. <laughs> I was saying, I think that's a ru- I think that's a rumor, but we were talking about how people would be so angry. That would be dope, Michael though. B. Jordan. No, it wouldn't. Yeah. That would be whack. That would where be are you whack. quarantining? Where are you quarantining at? She's in L.A. I'm in home. I'm in, I'm in California. I'm in L.A. Well, why was that? at the farmer's market, not practicing social distancing, and I am in complete quarantine because I... I, mean, I don't trust their government. I don't care what it, and you know it's funny because all the, everybody has a conspiracy theory, and I'm like, I've been watching their back their background. I'm like, how mm-hmm. you live like that and got a direct line to the government? Like <laughs> how, you, how these broke ass people know uh, exactly what's happening happening, and the rest of us don't. I don't I don't trust them. You know, there's so much happening right now. This agenda is just really revealing the true agenda that's against the melanated people, and. I just, I, ha- I was taught hitting Charlemagne because I was just like, yo, where are, our, where are my people? You know, like, where are we? And we're black, too. Like, I'm, I'm a black person. 
don't get it twisted. I just, I'm a plantain black person, but I'm a black person <laughs> in America. Kadada mm-hmm. Jones and, and, and Rashida Jones, I'm darker than them. You know what I'm saying? Like that, we, we have such a misconception about blackness. When people say, you're not black, I'm like, well, if I'm not black, Halle Berry's not black, Paula Patton ain't black, Kadada Jones ain't black. We have such a, a, a anti-black agenda, and it's just, it's reached a point where, I mean, I'm, I've, I've become an activist. I've been an activist, but I have become a full-time activist, and I've abandoned everything because I believe with the census, Donald Trump, this Democratic uh, political party that is, is corporate Democrats who really, whose agendas are not thinking about us. It's just, I, I'm losing my mind in this, and, you know, and I'm so tired of people saying, we got to get back to civility. We got to get back to where we used to be. As a person of color, do we, what do we want to get back to? Because there exactly. has not been one administration that's ever been in our favor. Right. So I'm like, what exactly. are we trying to get back to? We want to get our asses beat again? We, we don't want to get shot anymore. We want to get back to the days when police people were busting us upside the head with their batons instead of shooting us. I'm angry. And you know, we got jokes and we want to play on the internet and we want to do dances and TikToks. People are dying every day. Mm-hmm. A comedian just got murdered here by the police in L.A., Mar wow. Jones. A comedian? They said they shot him for a routine, a traffic stop on the freeway, and they said he was not complying. We don't know the, the, the story, so I can't even, I can only speculate. But now they shoot you for not complying? No weapon. Like No what, weapon? What are we Nothing? Do? Like. What was what was his name? Nothing. We don't. Mark Jones. Wow. Mark Jones. Wow. Mark Rest Jones. in peace, Mark I Jones. Didn't I didn't know about that. that yet. The most peaceful, peaceful comedian. You know, if you go to his Instagram page, Chris Scriptures. So, at, you know, at this point, I don't even sleep anymore. It's right. just I, I don't think people are awake. They don't realize what's happening. They dumbed us down for a reason, and now all of this stuff is setting in. So, well, so, Ida, so, with all this being so frustrating for you, how are you even staying sane right now at home? Writing. I'm writing. You know, I'm in the middle of... I'm, I've been in development on my TV show with HBO Max. It's congrats on that, by the way. Yes, congrats. Thank you. But my show now is... Now my show has police brutality in it. It mm-hmm. has... It, it is talking about Afro-Latinos and the black reality within the Latin in the Latin sector. Like the whole thing just changed because I was like, I'm gonna be on some bullshit if I don't write the what's real. I'm just gonna be on television pandering and tap dancing like everybody else. All right, we have more with Ida Rodriguez when we come back. Don't move. It's the Breakfast Club. Good morning. Good morning, everybody. It's DJ Envy, Angela Yee, Charlemagne the Guy. We are the Breakfast Club. We're still kicking it with Ida Rodriguez, Charlemagne. Let me ask you a question, Queen. What do you think, right, it would take for black and brown people to truly come together? Because we say black and brown, but is it actually real unity between us? No, it's, it's education. Of course not. It's, it's um, divide and conquer is real and working, right? So I was just having, I had an exchange with somebody on your page. This man was talking about illegal immigrants, and he was so angry about them and saying they come here um, and they take with black people's. And I'm like, yo, have you really allowed the white establishment to convince you that the best you can be is a leaf blower or a janitor? <laughs> like, are you seriously telling me that these people that walk from two countries here are taking what's yours? What's yours is everything that's around. America was built on the backs of slaves. These billionaires, these evil billionaires 
Jeff Bezos is about to be a trillionaire. All that wealth that these people are glorifying, talking about they work for it. No, you work for it, dumbass. Your ancestors work for it. So we don't have an education about what what it really is. They divided us so well. And the mm-hmm. truth is that we keep looking at each other and down, and we should be looking up to see who has their foot on our neck. So we have mm. to educate people. We have to really get into we need to teach financial literacy so that there can yes. be some empowerment. Like that's, that's where I'm working. That's I do workshops to go talk to single mothers that are black and brown and give them information about how to empower themselves through money because they never taught us. We're so busy living in survival that we don't understand how to thrive. So with black and brown people, the agenda is always, they're the ones doing it to it. Like I grew up in Miami and I remember Jamaicans and Bahamians, having such an anti-Yankee sentiment, saying that black people in America were lazy and that they're violent. And I was like, the, the most violent people on the planet who have raped, stolen, and pillaged from everybody on the planet have convinced us to believe that we're violent. Hold on. We got to say it. Caucasians. Okay? Old yeah. white men. Yeah. <laughs> now, you know what? There's nothing wrong with saying that white people have privilege and white people practice racism. It's embedded in the DNA of this country. Absolutely. Now, why don't you think black and Latino people stand closer to, to with each other? You know, it's just even when I was a kid, you know, I'm from New York. It, it was always that divide. Why do you think that divide is there? Because the, the, the greatest lie they ever told us is that somebody who was lighter than us was better than us. Because they couldn't right. divide us in any other way. They did it with black people. They do it with Latinos. So you have black people being told that, you know, Latin people have more Spanish blood. You can see their colonizer more in them. So they have more value. They have curly hair. You know, the, the, the Puerto Rican g- girls, they'll give you a baby with good hair. All of that rhetoric mm-hmm. has been in play for so long that mm-hmm. now subconsciously we do that stuff. Like, you have rap songs glamorizing exotic women as if women from Somalia are not ex- exotic. Right. It is, it's just the biggest mind f- of all time. And it's so alive right now. And when you see all of this hatred that, that they have been cultivating for so long, you know, it, it looks like they're trying to cause a civil war. And if we kill each other and we knock each other out, then they don't have to worry about us. You know, I'm also watching the Latino vote, right? I'm watching the ways Latinos have been voting. And a lot of them seem to be very politically sophisticated. Like, they seem to be strictly voting for their interest in blocks, especially in a place like Florida. It's like they almost move, they move Republican because I guess they think whiteness is better. So how can black and brown people get on the same page politically if our interests are so different? We're going to take that. We, we have to think about survival. Like, when we think about black and brown unity, it shouldn't have to, it doesn't have to be about holding hands and singing Kumbaya. It should just be, we should just start with the basics on survival, and then we can work our way from there. The thing with the vote with Latinos is, like, a lot of Cubans are in Florida, so they vote Republican because they have political asylum, so immigration is not their issue. So they vote for reasons of money. They vote for, they vote in for reasons of medical uh, health care and stuff like that. They don't, they don't care about immigration because it is not their issue, and they tend to assimilate white when they can. So I understand what you say, Charlemagne, about mm-hmm. holding Democrats accountable for the votes, right? We have to sit down collectively and come up with an agenda and say, you want our votes, you have, you have to do X, Y, and Z. This is what we demand. This is the starting ground for us. I'm, not, I'm never going to tell people not to vote. My grandmother came here from Puerto Rico and got hosed in the civil rights movement and couldn't read and fought just to vote. So 
I'm never going to tell people not to vote. And I understand what people are saying about these celebrities coming, becoming politically activated at the, at the last second when they were never talking during the times when there were so many candidates that they could have gotten behind. But, you know, people are scared to talk about democratic socialism because they don't know what it is. And they, exactly. they're speaking Cuba and China, and they don't realize that in America we have a mixed economy, and socialism exists but only to benefit rich people. So when we sit here and talk about these things that we don't know anything about, they scared us. So what happens is Latin people, they, they have had such extreme stuff happen to them now that they are like, you know what, what, what do we need to do? Who do we need to rally behind? And then people who don't speak English are being told by their younger, younger people and their family, this is what this person stands for. This is what this person is doing. This is why you need to vote for this person, grandma and grandpa. We all need to do that. I'm going to tell you this. All these blood and crips walking around who started with an agenda have lost their way. They should be escorting every black person to the voting ro- vote, to the vote, voting polls. They should be using that power so that there would be no George Zimmermans and the people who murdered Ahmad Aubrey. If you're going to really, really be out there and be gangster, be gangster for your people. Because the reality of it is, is that that gang that's against us is real. And they're, mm-hmm. they're working every day to eliminate us. But they can't. Because melanin is divine. Well, Ida, thank you for joining us this morning. And uh, Ida, before you leave, I just got to ask you, when what's the plans? Like, I know we talked about this show on HBO Max. That's a, a autobiograph- autobiographical show about you. So their plans, like, what is the date? Do we have anything solid yet? Or are we still working on that? So, you know what, ironically, since I did The Breakfast Club, and it's funny because white people watch The Breakfast Club, I closed my deal on my TV show. (laughs) I brought Tiffany aboard to executive produce because she gave me a special, so I gave her an executive producer credit on my show because that's what we we are supposed to be doing. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. And so we are in development on the show. And then I have an animated series that I'm doing with ITV Studios. And then today I start a political show but um, a lot of things are happening. We'll see what HBO Max does because this show is is very controversial. Uh, we're talking about why black, why certain people can't use the N word. We're talking about black and brown communities. You're seeing black people speak Spanish. We're talking about police brutality. So we turned it in, and we're waiting on HBO Max to see what they're gonna do with it. Cause let's push I'm, it. Let's I go. Do it that way. I don't oh. want it. I don't want it. Oh, so y'all already turned the script in and everything. We turned the script in this week, so we're waiting to oh, hear wow. HBO Max. HBO Max, y'all got to make the right decision. Controversy sells, okay? We don't want nothing weak. We don't want nothing watered down. We want mm-hmm. it raw. We want that POV. You'll be, HBO Max should be able to handle that. Come on. HBO, that's the home of Bill Maher. I believe so. If, well, if you I can let we... Bill Maher have that platform, they can let a, 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 brown, a brown woman like yourself have that platform. Absolutely. All right, I love y'all. Keep Thank you, Ida. Thank you for checking in. All right, it's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. The Breakfast Club. Back, back, back. You're checking out the world's most dangerous morning show. Morning, everybody. It's DJ Envy, Angela Yee, Charlamagne Tha Guy. We are The Breakfast Club. Let's get to the rumors. Let's talk Fat Joe and Ashanti. Listen up. It's just in. All the gossip. Gossip. The rumor report. Gossip. With Angela, Angela Yee. It's The Rumor Report. The Breakfast Club.
Well, Ashanti was on live with Fat Joe having their chat. And one thing that Fat Joe revealed to her was the song What to Love with Fat Joe and Ja Rule was actually supposed to be J-Lo on the hook originally. Here's what happened. Earth and Ja had called me and they woke me up like three in the morning and they said, yo, come down. We made a song for you. It's right after Pun Pass. So when I go to the studio, it was like four in the morning. They play What's Love and you on it. And they was telling me, yo, this is for you and J-Lo. We want the Latinos on this, this, and this, and that. Yo, I never knew that. I get it, though. I mean, I, I understand. Like, Ashanti was just on the come up at the time. She wasn't the Ashanti that we know now. So, mm-hmm. you know, if you're talking to somebody, you're like, I can put J-Lo on this record as opposed to, yeah. you know, this young lady. Like, like that's a, that was a, at the time, that was, I can understand why they would do that. That's a business move. Yeah, and it's still people still do that to this day. Somebody might write a song and then they replace, or you know, they have somebody singing the hook and then they sell yeah, the they song the and they artists. put someone else. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right, now let's talk about Machine Gun Kelly and Megan Fox. The two of them have been hanging out together. Apparently, Megan Fox and Brian Austin Green, her husband, are not doing too good right now. Brian Austin Green wrote on IG, "Eventually, butterflies get bored sitting on a flower for too long," and that was his little message and you can see pictures of the two of them out and about together a rep for machine gun kelly did not respond to people's requests for a comment at this time yo yo your wife riding around with another rapper and that's the best you can come up with talking about butterflies and caterpillars what did he say the butterflies can't do what (laughs) he said um eventually butterflies get bored sitting on a flower for too long so what they go sit on another rapper he actually wrote that on megan fox's birthday and that uh, what so she was with another dude on her birthday? So the butterfly got tired of sitting on the flower, so the butterfly went to go sit on another rapper. That's the best okay. you can come up with, Brian. Come on now. I expect more well, from you. I grew up watching 90210 as a child. And the two of them are not together right now. They've been quarantining separately. They've had issues in their marriage before, filing for divorce, and then deciding to stay together. They have three kids together. So mm-hmm. who knows what's going to happen. All right. Now let's get to, oh, and I want to say a rest in peace to Lynn Shelton. She's the director for Little Fires Everywhere. She just passed away. She was only 54 years old. Mm, She died of a previously undiagnosed blood disorder. And y'all know Little Fires Everywhere. That was my show. Like I watched the whole entire season. Couldn't wait for new episodes to come out. I know your wife watches it too, right, Envy? Yep, she sure does. Yeah, great show. So Reese Witherspoon tweeted out, I'm so devastated to hear about Lynn Shelton's passing yesterday. I'm in complete shock that this vibrant, talented, and soulful filmmaker is no longer with us. Wow. 54 is very young too, by the way. Very young, absolutely. All right, Quest Love is hosting a star-studded potluck that's going to be on the Food Network. So what he's doing is he's doing this on Thursday, May 28th. He's bringing together famous friends who are sheltering at home, and they're going to share some of their favorite dishes and their favorite drinks while raising awareness and money for America's Food Fund. He said this was a dream two and a half weeks ago. The idea came to him after numerous Zoom dinner parties and celebrations, and it's also inspired by his book, Mixtape Potluck Cookbook. And you know, he does these dinners already all the time that he he, uh, I guess he does them. I think it was like every month where we would have these dinner parties and bring together different people. So I guess he wants to do it virtually now and help raise money and awareness. Mm-hmm. That's dope. Mm-hmm. All right, now, 
Now, Obama, uh, LeBron, Oprah Winfrey, a lot of celebrities came together to do a virtual graduation. Now, our President Barack Obama told graduating HBCU students they have to, HBCU students they have to step up because our leaders are not even pretending to be in charge in this graduate together event. Here's what he said: A disease like this just spotlights the underlying inequalities and extra burdens that Black communities have historically had to deal with in this country. We see it in the disproportionate impact of COVID-19 on our communities. Just as we see it when a black man goes for a jog and some folks feel like they can stop and question and shoot him if he doesn't submit to their questioning. Injustice like this isn't new. What is new is that so much of your generation has woken up to the fact that the status quo needs fixing. More than anything, this pandemic has fully finally torn back the curtain on the idea that so many of the folks in charge know what they're doing. A lot of them aren't even pretending to be in charge. I love uh, what President Obama said. Salute to President Obama. That, mm -hmm. that's, that's actually the kind of uh, leadership and messaging I would like to hear from the person who's actually running for president. Like, why doesn't Joe Biden talk like that? Why aren't Joe Biden's speech writers writing things like that for him to say? Does he understand he actually has to go out and win in November, like Donald Trump is not going to just lose. You have to go out there and beat him. And I don't see how you beat him running the type of campaign he's running because I'm ready to vote for President Obama right now. I think the whole world is. I think the whole world is. But Obama's not right. running. So it's just like, what are you doing, Joe? Come on. Mm -hmm. uh, in addition, here is Oprah. I wish I could tell you I know the path forward. I don't. There is so much uncertainty. It's vital that you learn and we all learn to be at peace with the discomfort of stepping into the unknown. It's really okay to not have all the answers. The answers will come for sure if you can accept not knowing long enough to get still and stay still long enough for new thoughts to take root in your more quiet, deeper, truer self. Okay. Yes. So it's nice that, you know, as, as we've been discussing, mm -hmm. it's been really hard for a lot of these students who are graduating, mm -hmm. not being able to walk and do the things and celebrate and be with their friends and celebrate all the hard work they've put in. So I do feel yep. like everybody is trying to step up and make things as great as they possibly can at this time. Yeah. Right. It didn't make no sense to me a couple of weeks ago. It absolutely doesn't make any more sense to me now, especially being that 48 states are reopening. If all these states can reopen and they can open beaches and they can find ways to social distance at gyms, you can't find a way to social distance at a goddamn graduation. <laughs> yeah, but then you see the cases kids? like at the church where, you know, 200 people were exposed to coronavirus because of one person and people are concerned about their safety. I still feel like it wouldn't be the same. A lot of people wouldn't even want to go just because they would be concerned about their health. You so, got 200 kids you know, graduating. And I, know people, I know people are trying to push things uh, forward, too. I mean, some of these graduating classes are 3,000, 4,000 people. Yeah, some of them it are just huge depends classes. on the school. They push my daughters just, back to June. It just shows that America doesn't have its priorities in order. Are we prioritizing the wrong things? Because there's no reason I, for a beach to be open anywhere, but you can't figure out a way to social distance a graduation. A gym, a gym is really that important? Come on, man. What's more nasty right, than Michael a gym? You Jordan, on top of each other sweating? Another record broken by Michael Jordan, and this time it's his sneakers. Now, a pair of his sneakers actually just sold to coincide with the 35th anniversary of the Air Jordan brand the finale of The Last Dance. These sneakers are Michael Jordan's first ever Air Jordan sneakers. Mm -hmm. Guess how much they sold for. And you know, all of his sneakers are a mismatched pair. 13 for the left, 13 and a half for the right. 10 grand. Um, I say 50 grand. 
No, no, more than 500, that. $560,000. Wow. $560,000? Wow. Mm-hmm. Jeez. Listen, there's no way you can watch that documentary. The Last Dance justified any and all Michael Jordan sneaker hysteria. Like the high price tags, the long lines. People went too far, you know, killing each other for the sneakers. But the robbing somebody at gunpoint for them, I, I can totally get it. I totally understand. I think it's stupid, yeah, but I can understand why you would do that. They anticipated it would get around one hundred to one hundred and fifty thousand, but it sold for five hundred and sixty thousand wow. dollars. Some Jordan fans do, out there, independent. I do want me a, I want me a pair of them fifteens, um, eleven and a half though, the all black ones. <laughs> Are you trying to throw 15? it out there in case somebody wants to get it for you? Oh no, definitely. If somebody out there has a <laughs> pair of uh, Ed Jordan fifteens, size eleven and a half, I'll definitely cop them. I ain't gonna play nothing crazy for them. I have a limit on what I'm gonna pay. They but, came out you know, um, last year, I believe. They had Jordan 15s? I think they did. I think they re-released. Really? I know they re-released in like 2008, but I, I'm I don't want sure. them all black ones. Don't make they hurt your feet. They, they always hurt my feet. I don't even really want them to wear. I just want them to put in a glass case somewhere. Just I just like those them. sneakers. Yeah, okay. don't make me pull out my pistol and rob you for them. Because you could understand right. after the last dance. Well, I'm Angela Yee, and that's your rumor report. All right, thank you, Miss. I, you, you, know, you know it had to be some stick-up kids that saw that last night. I was like, see, that's why I used to rob people for their Jordans right there. Remember they used to give me flack for it? Mm-mm-mm. Well, all right. Revolt, we'll see you guys tomorrow. Everybody else, the People's Choice Mix is up next. Get your request in. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. Morning, everybody. It's DJ Envy, Angela Yee, Charlamagne the Guy. We are The Breakfast Club. Good morning. Now, shout yes. out to uh, Ida Rodriguez for joining us this morning. Yes. Ida Make sure y'all follow her. Make sure y'all follow her, too, on Instagram. She's hilarious, but she also gives a lot of great information, so that's important as well. And listen, Absolutely. since we salute not our Latino friends, our brown buddies, uh, happy born day to one of my favorite people on the planet, Carolina Bermudez. Drop on the clues bombs for Carolina Bermudez. Okay, she hosts mornings on KTU uh, with hey, Greg Carolina. T today. Yes, today yeah, is her to born day. Mm-hmm. I want to send her all the love and light she can handle. Mm-hmm. I'm sure she's somewhere high off of edible right now. And I also want to shout out to uh, my girls from Girls Talk from Cedarmore Girls. I actually did a self-care Saturday with these young ladies between the ages of 11 and 15. It was nice to check in with them. I always do this book club with them every year. So this year we just did a virtual Girls Talk. Usually it's like a full day of activities. So they planned it and did it virtually. So it was really nice to see the young ladies checking in from home. So shout out to you. Absolutely. And you know what? I'm um, Our producer, Daniel, he sent me... Uh, a link to the Jordan 15 retro mm-hmm. stealths on StockX. It's $259 on StockX. I don't even want them again. This is how I know all of those people who robbed people for Jordans back in the day at gunpoint. I guarantee you that's how they felt afterwards. They were hype. They did it. And they like, man, these things hurt my feet. Them. Yeah, they hurt. Yeah, they used to yeah, hurt my feet like crazy. Man. Like, I understand you you didn't all of... You wear them, though. I thought you didn't want to really wear them. You just want to have them. Yeah, but I don't even want them just to have. What yeah. happened? A few minutes ago... I don't know. Fast. <laughs> that's, but that's, that's hysteria. That's what hysteria does to you. That's why I said I can understand all of Michael Jordan's sneaker <laughs> hysteria. Like, the high price tags, standing in long lines, robbing somebody for a pair. I understand it, but the hysteria, you know, goes away. It's just now it's more hysteria because we just saw that documentary. So we're like, God damn. Probably, it was probably people going in their closet last night, lining up all their Jordans, <laughs> looking for all their Jordan jerseys, <laughs> looking for all your Jordan paraphernalia. 
I do got a lot of J's upstairs. I ain't worn People are a long time. Fanatics, listen. I have a lot of um, Jordans also. You know what's funny? One day I had did like this little video in my closet, and people were mad that my Jordans weren't in order by the numbers. Lord I was like, have "Look, mercy. y'all, I am not a sneaker fanatic." I got like mad that. They Jordans. They were like, "Oh, how you don't have those in order?" <laughs> no, I got mad Jordans. They definitely not in order. They just in cases, and they look. Now it's to the point now when I walk in the closet, I whatever the closest sneaker is is what I wear. I don't even care no more. It, it was stupid, but. I love my Jordan. I'm just trying to figure out why Jordan 16 to 23 was so trash. I thought the 15. 15. I thought the 15s were trash to me. You like the 15? I like the 15. All right. 13 is the fire, too. When we come back, we got the positive note. Don't move. It's the Breakfast Club. Good morning. Morning, everybody. It's DJ Envy, Angela Yee, Charlemagne the Guy. We are the Breakfast Club. Good morning. Yes, indeed. Now, you guys have a safe day out there. Charlemagne, you got a positive note? I do, man. Um, I just want y'all to know that trauma keeps you in a loop of your past. Okay, you'll be 25 with an eight-year-old mindset and thought process. That's why you people please or overextend yourself or stay places longer than you should have because your inner child is screaming, finally, somebody loves me. Well, to that I say your first, last, and best love is self-love, and you should always love and approve of yourself. Appreciate all that you do. Constantly tell yourself you are good enough just the way you are. Speak up for yourself. Ask for what you want. That's how you reclaim your power. Breakfast Club, bitches! Are y'all finished or y'all done?